we said, okay, we, we will sell the portfolio and, and uh, part of the team. We had some debts, so the exit just like uh, covered the debts. So we didn't make any money out, out of that, but it was still a, a, an exit process, which was extremely interesting to, to see how that, that works. Mm-hmm. We started pitching. So I, I um, started Bright Spaces with my uh, CTO, Andre. From, from the software development company yeah. and three of our tech colleagues uh, mm-hmm. as employees. Hi, and welcome to Tech Talk. My name is Stefan, and on this podcast, I have conversations with founders, innovators, and entrepreneurs in technology simply to learn and discover their journey of building a business in tech. Episode number three is with Bogdan Nikwara. Bogdan added brightness to this conversation and you will soon understand why I choose the word bright. His energy and approach at building his startup are to be taken as pure inspiration. Bogdan is an entrepreneur with 13 years of experience in tech and three years ago he co-founded and became the CEO of Bright Spaces, the end-to-end digital leasing solution for commercial properties. Bright Spaces was one of the five startups participating in the 2020 PyLabs accelerator and already has important clients in Romania and the UK. Bogdan is also passionate about concepts like gamification, the sharing economy, universal basic income, sustainability and well-being, which he integrates in his activities and processes. Make sure you are not multitasking while listening to this episode, it's that good. Enjoy my conversation with Bogdan. Hello, Bogdan, and uh, welcome to the Tech Talk podcast. Hi, I'm, I'm glad to be here. Thanks for inviting me. Uh, Bogdan, I know we, kinda, we live a very, um, let's say, busy, busy life. The, us founders, uh, especially startup founders, uh, live extremely busy lives and um, you know, plenty of meetings uh, that get to schedule, uh, get to be scheduled on, on, our, on our calendars. Um, and I kind of was, I was thinking about what, what should we talk about today? And, uh, I wanted to kind of start the conversation maybe differently and not directly into the business. Although after this, after this question, we're going to step into do exactly that topic. But, um, what I would like to know or ask you is to name one thing that you are grateful right now and right here. Well, besides being here, invited in this podcast, which which I believe is it's a great thing, I was actually waiting uh, to to share my story uh, with the rest of the entrepreneurs here in Romania and not only in Romania. But I would say this, uh, and for the last eight months, I'm, I'm truly grateful that I have a, a baby boy, healthy baby boy. He's growing and he's, bringing a lot of joy into our lives every day. So it's very new for me. I, I didn't know how I will feel when I will have a baby, but right now it's something that I, I'm, I'm running home when I finish my job, just to be sure that I 
get some, <laughs> I don't know, half an hour, one hour with him before he go, goes to sleep at night. And in the morning, I, I, I uh, wake up and I, I'm, I look at him and I, I wait for him to, to wake up and, and play a bit with me before I go to work. So I'm truly grateful that I have a healthy, um, fast growing, I would say, baby boy right now. <laughs> that's awesome that was unexpected but uh, congratulations yeah, totally on that. unexpected but yeah. yeah that's what i, I yeah so it, it was a sur- surprise surprise question for me and uh hopefully a surprise answer for you it, it, it was it, it definitely was and it is uh so congratulations uh, one more time for that and uh um thank you very much may it be healthy you know moving forwards and growing um, uh, healthy and, and, and smart uh so But um, I guess uh, you have two full-time jobs then, <laughs> you know, uh, getting home at five, six, seven, doesn't matter. And then, you know, working, uh, I mean, working until that clock. Seven, eight. <laughs> yeah. uh, and then, uh, you know, yeah. switching to being a dad. So, yeah. Uh, but that's, uh, that's awesome. Uh, that's awesome. Uh, congratulations one more time. Um, Thank you very much. So, so um, this, this is great because, you know, um, I like getting to know people that, you know, uh, build amazing stuff and um, are kind of maybe hustlers, although I do not like using hustling uh, so much uh, these days. But um, I really like getting um, getting uh, to know the people that uh, I kind of, you know, discuss with and get invited on the podcast. So maybe it would be great to kind of say a couple of things about you and kind of what led you up until bright spaces and uh like what did you started to do were you always in in business were you not always in business what did you do before prior bright spaces well um yeah i i was um in business since since high school uh, i didn't know that that was called entrepreneurship back then i was um always focused on how to um, make money while bringing some value to a certain audience, let's say. So I, I didn't know that this was the, the premise to build a, a company, but uh, I was, I was loving, uh, I, I loved getting into, into projects like this. For example, in high school, we were, we, we liked to, to draw graffiti on the walls and that was illegal. So we said, okay, why shouldn't we do this and get paid for it? So we went to ugly buildings and we asked the, the, the landlords if they want to, <laughs> to have a graffiti uh, on that. And they would pay us for that. So, uh, so you, you I, had a very early uh, connection to the real estate market. <laughs> yeah, now that you, that you, you, you said this, Yeah, it rings a bell. I didn't know that was real estate back then. <laughs> <laughs> I, I thought it was hip hop culture, but uh, actually, that's how it all started for me from from the hip hop culture. Uh, I was uh, it was MTV back then, and we only had um, Mirk uh, yeah. as a, as a web communication tool, and we wanted to uh, wear baggy clothes like. Jay-Z and BMX and all the other guys were wearing in yeah. MTV uh, videos and we didn't have that in Romania, not at all. I mean, the, all the, the baggy clothing that we had was brought by uh, from states by fishy 
guys. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, we don't know. We don't know the the way they did it. Uh, so what we and, and the other way was to just get very uh, large <laughs> clothes and try to fit them, but it wasn't the same. So what we did, we were a group of uh, twelve friends, and we said, let's let's build a clothing brand, uh, hip hop clothing brand, and we. We, we built that. We built biggest. Uh, our uh, team were, was called SWAT, and biggest was big S from SWAT. I don't know. It, it was a childish game uh, 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 back then. We were rollerblading, uh, skating, yeah. uh, graffiti, and 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 listening to hip hop music. And that's what we did. We actually six of us went to uh, a fashion design uh, workshop. I think it it was for six months. Months, a lot of it. we thought that we will just learn how to draw beautiful stuff but actually it was like a more like a sewing and pattern making <laughs> <laughs> course uh and um it it was us as six, so six boys but all the rest in in a 30 uh um uh people group uh, were girls obviously they wanted to learn how to <laughs> to make their own clothes or to get into fashion <laughs> and it was so weird that we came with this idea of creating baggy clothes and it was great that was the first business without any company no trademark no nothing it, it was like one one and a half years um, uh, i made a lot of money my parents were uh, afraid that i i'm doing something fishy because i'm i was always uh, going to school and whatever i went with a taxi because I didn't have time, uh, I needed to like go and get the uh, the uh, materials to get to them, get them to the uh, um, person that was actually sewing the, yeah, yeah. the garments, and then to go to the printing house, and then to uh, uh, a lot of things, and it was on and on and on. Uh, sometimes I was keeping school for this. Uh, and again, with the taxi, uh, we, we had uh, all of us. We had some taxi drivers, um, some personal on our personal, personal yeah, drivers. yeah, on our uh, <laughs> on, on our uh, fast dial, you know. But it was it was fun. It it ended uh, abruptly when we didn't want to wear baggy clothes and we couldn't sell what we <laughs> we weren't using. So uh, yeah. And since then, until Bright Faces 2019, I had, I think I, I had 25 projects, entrepreneurial projects. A lot of, most of them failed. Uh, a lot of them remained at the idea stage, probably a bit more. Yeah. Uh, and some of them were actually uh, real businesses. Um, I would uh, say that the most important one was, was Four Ideas. We started Four Ideas in 20, 2008 as a web design company, and it lasted until 2019 mm -hmm. uh, when I sold it to, to, to Zitec. Mm -hmm. I sold the portfolio and part of the team to Zitec in order to focus on bright spaces. Yeah. Um, I think, at least from how I perceive your kind of storytelling, I think the clothing business was the most fun out of all of them <laughs> it was it was fun indeed um but you know we we didn't actually perceive it as a business i 
I remember when it ended bef- right before we ended it. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> we got together, the twelve of us, and I had a plan. I still have it. I will. I think I will frame it. I still have it. It's called one um, hundred. The one hundred plan, and it's in in Romanian. It's suta, and. Uh, <laughs> And um, it was a one-page plan of how to build the idea into a business, into a real international business. So I, I, I said, we should all bring this amount and we should build a business. We will all have equal shares and we will do that and that and that and that. And, that. and um, it was fun because uh, they all looked at me like, dude, are you serious? <laughs> We were just having fun. <laughs> You're trying to to ruin the fun, <laughs> and I was yeah. But we could we could do this. Uh, I think uh, that that was possible, but uh, it was a nice try, I guess. That's nice. I, I mean, that's a that's a really cool story. Uh, and uh, um, besides the fashion, the fashion brand, I can really relate because. The kind of the hip hop and the break dancing uh, bug got me as well. So um, I was like uh, wearing baggy pants, uh, you know, uh, um, uh, you know, large t-shirts, and um, I always had the bandana because my favorite uh, singer was Tupac. So I always wear the two, the bandana on our head. <laughs> so that was, those were really cool times. Um, but yeah, uh, yeah. bringing us uh, bringing us today of you know where we are and uh, what we're doing right now, um, you already mentioned you know bright spaces. Uh, so I kind of want to get to know like what's the story behind bright spaces? Like uh, you know what do you do? Where where it started? Tell me about it. Well, I w- I will start with. Uh, uh, where the idea came from and um so we were involved in the digital marketing agency and, and software development uh, company so we had two companies at one point from bright from from four ideas we split the company into two um and uh now a good friend of mine mentor and also partner Ciprian Pashka uh we've met in 2017, I think, uh, here uh, in Bucharest at our office, uh, and we were presenting a new blockchain idea. It was it was the starting of the blockchain startups back then. We also had a blockchain startup. We wanted to ICO and stuff, but uh, that's another story uh, that ended also. Uh, but discussing with him, he said, "Man, you're doing some great stuff here with the agency. You're using great technology and." Real estate actually needs a lot of this. They're so uh, they're lacking digitization and and people like your you guys in, in the industry. And I was no, I don't like this industry. Like um, you know, we were seeing a lot of things on the on the TV, like uh, rich people doing fishy stuff. And I, I I really thought that the real estate was about that. It actually was something that I didn't know anything about. And I said no. And so in the 2017, we we uh, followed up uh, with a lot of other uh, ideas. And in 2019, uh, he came to me in uh, I think it was February, and he said, "Look, I'm I just launched 
PropTech Romania, the uh, Romanian PropTech Association. We will uh, have, we, we will organize the first PropTech hackathon, PropTech competition in Southeastern Europe. Please be there. <laughs> and I said, no, I don't, you, you know, I don't like this. And he said, you don't understand. I, I will, I will, you, we will not be friends if you're, if you're not, not going to be there. I know that you, you will do a great job. And I was, yeah, yeah, sure. So I was, I was a, a pretty arrogant back then, uh, unfortunately. Sorry, Ciprian, for that. Um, and okay, I said, okay, we will get, we, we will send a team to, the, to that event. So I was that arrogant that I didn't even go to the event. I was, I preferred to uh, help my wife that weekend. She was opening her business, a vegan mm-hmm. bistro in, and I was uh, waitering around. Oh, and, nice. Yeah. And I was, so I, I um, worked with my team for one, one and a half weeks before the event. We said, okay, this is what we will do. But I didn't go. And it was some Sunday, I think, 12 or 13 April 2019. And I was, I, I remember that day because I was shocked. I was um putting some pasta on someone's table, <laughs> some vegan pasta on someone's table. And um, my team entered the, the, the bistro because it was in the same um, building with our office and they had two big checks. Then they won or what? They, they won the challenge, the leasing challenge, digitizing yeah. leasing in commercial real estate. That was the challenge, but also the main event, meaning that the entire jury of that event voted bright spaces or soon to be bright spaces as the most um, the company the, the idea with uh, uh, the most potential to be implemented. Yeah, and I was like, "Oh my god, <laughs> what did I miss?" <laughs> and I was, and I said, it, it, "In that moment, I said, this is it." this is it. I will exit everything I'm doing right now. And I will mm-hmm. focus on this because I wanted so much to focus on a single product that will bring a lot of value. And I just couldn't find it until that moment came. And that moment actually came to me, as you can see. So I have nothing to do with uh, how Brightspace is uh, um, started. But um, I, I think it was smart of me to realize that it was a huge potential. That That's the only thing that I I'm proud of, let's say. And that's what we did. We, we said, okay, we, we will sell the portfolio and, and uh, part of the team. We had some debts. So the exit just like uh, covered the debts. So we didn't make any money out of that. But it was still a, a, an exit process, which was extremely interesting to, to see how that, that works. Mm-hmm. We started pitching. So I, I um, started Bright Spaces with my... Uh, CTO Andre from from the software development company yeah. and three of our tech colleagues uh, mm-hmm. as employees first employees um, and I said okay we need money we don't have anything right now so we we don't have debts but we don't have money let's let's see how things are actually in the Western business world not yeah. how is done how they are done here and let's let's actually create a global company from the ground up like but 
act as like students i don't know act as people that don't know right now what they need to do but they know how to find out that yeah so exactly step by step first step the first step get a pre-seed round in order to live in order to have some money to to breathe okay how do you do that okay create a pitch deck uh, go to events go to angel investors go to early stage VCs. And that's what we did. We got our pre-seed round. Um, actually, in September, we incorporated the company. In October, we got the money from the pre-seed round. We also signed the exit. And that was it. Oh, from nice. that moment on, yeah, we, we are that right space. Yeah, that was a really nice uh, success, succession of, of events. And I think a really good alignment. I think most of the founders founders may may maybe dream about such an alignment, but that was really nice if you kind of uh, put together everything in September and October. So uh, we started pitching. We started pitching in uh, just so uh, uh, things <laughs> are, are are authentic and true. Here we started pitching in uh, May, I think. So May to October, the, the round took a while. Yeah, because we had nothing. We only had a prototype that was built in the hackathon mm-hmm. and uh, a pitch deck, a PDF. I think, but I think that's natural. I mean, uh, the, the the minimum uh, number of months, at least what I know statistically, is a minimum of three months that you have to pitch around and uh, you know uh, hope for the, the 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 best investors that you can hope for, and uh, uh, you know between three months and nine months at least that's how i know that usually uh yeah. things uh, can take um but that's that's nice um and i just want to double click on on bright spaces and maybe what bright spaces is as a product and what it does so just for the purpose i kind of of imagining i just want to let's take us into a, a you know a use case right so let's imagine i'm a commercial real estate owner um, how can Brightspaces help me and in which way? Sure. Well, uh, Brightspaces is a software as a service. It's a, it's a solution that we are uh, selling to commercial real estate owners, as you said. That means right now, office building owners. We are stepping into the retail and industrial, but that's another uh, uh, milestone for us. Right now, we we implement bright spaces um, for office landlords in order to help them lease faster, bring back time to their uh, leasing team, and also um, uh, another say in their ESG policy. Uh, so especially the the E part, sustainability. Uh, and why is that? We do these three things by digitizing their leasing process and part of their asset management process. So whenever you as a potential tenant or a broker want to see the vacancy in a certain office building, um, you may encounter Bright Spaces as a web page um, that will present to you all the projects, characteristics, buildings inside that project, available spaces in each building with all of the amenities, construction, standards, characteristics, locations, uh, location uh, uh, information, and any, any, actually, we are, we call ourselves a one, 
stop information point regarding uh, an office building. So we brought together um, information that usually was scattered on all sorts of different digital and offline environments. Mm-hmm. And we brought them together in a digital form in order to better present that um, office building. In the back end for the landlord, we also connect this showcasing, this presentation picture to a management uh, solution where they can manage their in- space inventory. Imagine that in an office building, you have at least four types of spaces. You have your office space, you have the storage space, you have the parking space, and you have the a ground floor retail area, right? Mm-hmm. And you need to, to manage those. You need to know which spaces um, uh, lease to which tenant for how long and all the other details. Yeah. And um, what shocked us in the beginning was that we thought there, there are a lot of solutions doing that, but there aren't. There are some, uh, some of them difficult to use, some of them only available in, in certain countries. But generally speaking, there isn't, any market standard solution out there to do that. And that's what we want to become, the standard market standard solution for managing and leasing your office space and soon other type of spaces. That's that's super nice because um, what I'm, I'm kind of thinking is, I'm putting my you know landlord hat um, and this is a question, by the way. I'm just thinking, how did the landlords do it before your solution? Was it like a pen, pen and paper thing or what was it? We had pen and paper. We had uh, Excel okay. all the way. We, we, had, we still have uh, a lot of PDFs, a lot of different types of documents and virtual data rooms from like Dropbox and Google Drive to even specific industry specific data rooms uh, but more than this and in order to to let's say bring uh, <laughs> to to your audience the the cool part of our solution imagine that in order for a tenant or a broker to visit a space they needed to actually uh, come in person to that building and uh, schedule an appointment with the leasing team with mm-hmm. our solution, because we are creating virtual tours in um, finished buildings, but also in buildings that are still uh, in construction phase. We are creating these virtual tours with different fit out proposals, uh, with different seating plans. And uh, there are a lot of um, interesting um things that couldn't uh, weren't there before, but now seem to be like uh, the, the normality, you know? Like, oh yeah, this is absolutely normal. How, how did, you, did you do it before? Well, we didn't. We actually, someone, if uh, someone from New York wanted to open an office in, in, in Bucharest, they just, in order to see the building, they needed to fly, to fly here. Yeah. And now they can see the building from New York, and okay, they will come come to the last meeting probably to uh, the last phase of the negotiation. We are not saying that everything will happen online because it won't. Yeah. But a, a big part of the process can happen online. And coming to the ESG policy, this is something that 
we want to measure how um, how much can we optimize the carbon footprint for tenants and landlords because of the virtual tours and because we take out a lot of the printed materials yeah because you can uh, negotiate and sign some documents online and so on so there there's a lot of uh, work to be done in this area <laughs> yeah i think i think uh, still in, at the beginning i think in the in the esg kind of measurement part i think there's a lot of factors that most probably you will take into account you know like planes you know printing out stuff um, signing stuff and, and and so on so yeah definitely there's a there's a huge space in uh, space in that and i think um, you know the global policy around the esg is going to be more and more stronger and more uh, you know wider extended uh, and implemented so i think that's a that's a really cool 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 stuff to do um, but what i was thinking as i was listening to you um, and maybe you already thought about this that you know vr is going to be a space for you i guess you know for future tenants or you know uh, yeah tenants that would like to rent out a, an office space it would be really cool i'm just imagining right as a as a tenant right now and not as a landlord i'm just imagining if i would be you know somebody from new york and looking for an office in in bucharest and um i would like to see it right so bright spaces can ship a vr uh goggle right to <laughs> to that person to its office and they could have a look and walk around the space right and you know just presented their information around the space in that so that that would be really cool uh, if uh, if if it would be possible, um, but um, we, are, we are doing that. We, we are doing that, but without the, oh, nice. the VR goggles. Okay. So the the main feature that we have is presenting the building in a virtual tour, mm-hmm. uh, in a first person mode, with all of the relevant characteristics of that space, and you can do that on any screen. And this is something that we are proud of, because the technology is still. Um, just just getting started in this part on having everything online web-based without the need of vr goggles or an android or ios app no everything is on a link i just send you a link if you have at least 4g internet yeah. and a, a decent device you will be able to to see the the space in person but i guess i guess everything and is explore. stored in, in cloud and, and and that's very easy to to access um, you've mentioned, you know, that prior or prior, I mean, prior and in, in some countries, there are some solutions to, to kind of these, um, you know, problems or opportunities. Um, and my question would be, what is unique or special about Bright Spaces in comparison to, to those solutions? Like what is, is Bright Spaces already a far superior product to do that? Or what, what, what makes you unique? Um, I would I would say the the most unique thing about us is how we look at the market and the fact that we are creating a multi-feature product um, so that a potential client of ours, a landlord, with our help, with our consultants, will be able to build their perfect product mm-hmm. um, and not just buy an off-the-shelf solution. Mm, nice. The main differentiator between us and all the other competitors is that they're trying to just get market share 
a lot of them are trying to get market share with a product that was built, let's say, two years ago in a market which is changing each month. Mm-hmm. And how the, the, the question for us was, okay, how do we remain relevant? The only way to remain relevant is to create different features all the time, uh, being customer-centric. And we are uh, customer-centric by design. Uh, and, and always developing and improving without putting a lot of burden um, um, onto the, the tech department and, and the sales department. Because if you have an on, always changing product, it's diff- difficult to sell, it's difficult to build. But if you think, if you imagine this product right from the beginning as a multi-feature product, as a number of features that can interconnect one with each other. We say that it's a mix and match between features and also with external solutions, ERP, CRM solutions, and um, any any other we are interested in, uh, with, with Bright Spaces, means that wherever the market will go, because we don't know exactly right now, especially in, in the office market, we have some ideas some, some possible scenarios, but we don't know what will happen in five years. So the best thing is to, to create this organic, uh, robust um, uh, solution that can change easily to match our clients' expectations and requirements. That's really nice. That's really nice. And uh, uh, another thing to, to, uh, to uh, also say something about the tech, I would say the fact that we combined um, like normal programming language with this 3D part. Uh, if you look at our competitors, some of them are only focusing on the 3D part. The others are doing the management part. And so uh, because we are combining these this skills and technologies, I would say this, this brings us another competitive advantage in the market because we understand both worlds and we understand how showcasing must be connected to the management side and they're not uh, they don't need to be broken as they are today yeah yeah but that's really nice i mean uh, it is quite unique you know to, to to kind of hear on on the way you thought about the product and position it from day one or started building it from day one you know as a um you know customer centric by design as you name it and the fact that you kind of looked at the, you know the market and you, you got inspired by the dynamics of that market and how you know maybe disconnected and um, ever changing it is as any market uh, it's not that this is a very special market but you know taking that in consideration as an ins- and as an inspiration to build out the product that's a unique that's a very unique kind of perspective to look at how you decide to to, to build the product and not just dive in and let's let's start you know. Uh, crunching code and building stuff. So that's that's awesome that you started looking at it. I think it it pretty much looks like a or on on from my side on in terms of how you explain it as a Lego piece um, that you know uh, the landlord can build his own kind of solution as he go on the go, right? So that's really cool. Um, but um, you know, I think Lego inspired me a lot when I was a, a child. So it, it, it may be. I loved Lego. It was my favorite toy. 
you never know what you know the subconscious mind uh, will bring up <laughs> later absolutely, on absolutely absolutely <laughs> um but uh, this is awesome i mean i really like how you kind of build out uh bright spaces until now um and you know something that i'm also interested to kind of find out in terms of how you're doing stuff is um you know you you're obviously building bright spaces from romania and you know going into international markets um what would be kind of or name one two things that would make your maybe life easier if you would be in another country or in the in romania it doesn't matter let's say in romania what would make your life easier in terms of i don't know sales business development whatever because in terms of tech i know we have plenty of specialists and uh, good people that could that could code right Hmm. Good question. Um, I know what what will make my life easier, uh, not just what could, but what will actually do it. And I'm working on that right now. I'm 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 actually working very hard on on this to create the the team, the the core team for for this. Because we started as five people, the six person in the team was the pr uh nice I, nice story here also but for maybe for another talk uh, cipriano also said uh, we should get the pr first and i did and it was a success um and now we're 14 soon to be 15 mm-hmm. but still if you look at all of our operations uh and i think 10 people nine or 10 people are in in the product team mm-hmm. uh we still lack a lot of um, uh, support, uh, business support, yeah. uh, customer care uh, jobs. Yeah. 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 Starting from sales to customer care, like finance, fin- financial stuff, uh, HR. Now we have a great uh, HR in the team. We, we will soon have a great uh, financial officer, hopefully soon a great uh, marketing specialist, but just, Imagine that we don't have them, those jobs, we don't um, have them occupied right now. Yeah. So it's very difficult. This is something that will make, would make my life and Bright Space's life easier when we will have great people uh, joining our team um, and understanding where we are coming from and what we want to achieve. And that we have a bold objective of becoming one of the top uh, prop tech solutions in the world, not just Romania, not just Southeastern Europe, not just Europe, but in the world. And that's a hard thing to, to do. There are 10,000 prop tech startups right now in the world. And from some study, it seems that the market would only need 1,000. Oh. So we will, yeah, so <laughs> uh, it, it will not be easy. It will not be an easy job right now, but with the right team, I think we can do it. Yeah. So uh-huh. we are focusing a lot on getting the right people right now. That's that's awesome, and I really like your answer. And I think and I think with uh, you know with the right team, of course, as a number one, and I think with you know a very um, good expansion strategy, and of course for that expansion strategy. Of course, you're going to have iterations in terms of getting to know what works and not works in every single market that you go uh, go to. But with the right expansion strategy, I think it's 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 going to be a 
not an easy road, but definitely it's going to be uh, not impossible to even go to top 100, you know, prop tech startups uh, globally. So um, I wish you the best of luck for that. So uh, I'm definitely rooting you. for for you. Um, Thank you. And I'm, you know, um, you definitely wouldn't be here without, you know, like you said, without the money for air and for living and, and um, getting to where you are right now and thinking about how to build out the departments within the startup. And you kind of, you closed two fundraising rounds so far, a pre-seed and a seed one. Um, looking back to the preparation and the process, can you kind of give me some examples of some of your challenges um, within that kind of uh, fundraising round? Yeah, well, a lot of them. I think uh, raising money from other people is uh, uh, <laughs> a hard objective It's uh, in itself, you know. However, we are now getting to a point where there are more money than good startups out there, so it, it, it may get easier. But from our experience, it, it's a tough job. Uh, and some reasons for that, the challenges, first of all, um, you only see the good stories, the um, happy endings. Nobody actually tells you that you will get a lot of no's. And especially if you are interested in getting money from the right people, not from anyone out there, but from people that you have a good chemistry with that can help you in your stage, uh, in that particular stage, and maybe in the next uh, two or three um, phases of your of your business development. Uh, if you are one of those people and you want to actually choose your investors and not just be chosen as a startup, um, it is a long journey. So it took us, I would say, I think, six to seven months for the first one, 185,000 euros. So not a large amount, but still a large amount for a company. We, we weren't even a company when we pitched. So uh, for an idea with a PDF and a prototype uh, and without any industry related person in the team, that was even harder because nobody knew real estate in our team. Uh, but it's difficult. It's, it's a long process. And the second one took us 10 months. Mm -hmm. uh, it, 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 was, it was long. Uh, in the, for the first one, um, we only discussed with, with Romanian investors. And uh, I'm glad to say that we, we were lucky to get great investors. We have Sparking Capital as an early stage VC. We have um, Grow Chanu Angel Investment Group. Um, and between uh, between them, we have um, Adriana Rimescu, the the co-founder of Immobiliare.ro, the biggest Romanian uh, real estate mm -hmm. portal. Uh, and we have Ilinka Paun, a great real estate and also entrepreneurship uh, person here. In, she she started at the Entrepreneurship Academy. And uh, she's an angel investor in a lot of startups. She has a lot of experience in coaching and mentoring founders in early stage. 
So we we were very lucky to to get the right people. Um, in the second round, the same, <laughs> but I think for the second run round, we understood how the first one actually happened, and that um, without even knowing, we opted for um, let's say a different way of, of of raising money. That is instead of going top down, like getting the lead investor and then filling up the the round with other people if they don't have enough money to to um, give you we started with by okay who do we need in order to um, get the business from this stage to the next one and we like drafted our ideal round the sum valuation but also the types the type of investors we need in that round and we went to talk with the i would say low hanging fruits the the ones that were easier to convince because when you ask for 10,000 or 20,000 euros it's easier than when you ask for 150,000 definitely a million so we went to the angels and we discussed with the angels we have we had them on board and then we got the lead and the same we we did the same with with the second round where we had uh, we made sure that existing investors will will support us so sparking and grow channel will follow on mm-hmm. we got a, a huge list of angel investors we had i think almost 30 interested angel investors from the real nice. estate and tech and we chose 11 of them in and we we had them we had pylabs vc a proptech vc from london uh, we went to their acceleration program in uh, last year in 2020 and they they uh, wanted to 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 be with us in in the seed round, and then we got Accelio PropTech fund. Uh, they were actually the forty fifth fund that we talked to, so we got forty three no's, a yes from 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 Pylabs, but only if we get a lead investor, and then <laughs> um, and then we got Accelio. We were at the end of our runway. It was a difficult period for uh, interval uh, for us but but it happened you know where as you said when things align when when you probably when you have a, a good the right uh, mindset and and uh, the right team and the right product things align and and great people will come yeah and join your team or come as investors as mentors we have a lot of other uh, advisors besides beside our our investor list and they're all trying to help the problem the challenge right now is that we don't have time to actually uh, get all of their help and that's a good that's a good problem to have yeah that's a good problem to have exactly that, that was that that is what i was thinking as well <laughs> uh but you said something something that um uh caught my eye and uh um you said that out of 30 or 35 angel investors, you said that you selected 11. And um, I, was, I would be curious to kind of get your thought on, the, on what, what was the process on selecting those 11? How did you thought about it? Uh, it first of all, hearing this from you uh, uh, sounds a bit arrogant from my side. So it's not like um no we but were... i don't want to i don't want to put it in a arrogancy light <laughs> yeah. i think it's just a, um, i think it's a healthy of... process to have yeah. you know uh, a decision making tree 
yeah, the the idea of having more money on the table uh, from where to choose in a funding round is the ideal scenario. And we wanted to do that uh, with our seed round. And we had more money that we could eventually get um, mm. because you can ask for a lot of money, but you cannot inflate your valuation to uh, over a certain degree. So when we reached our maximum valuation and we knew the sum that we were we needed in order to grow, we needed to fit everyone that we felt uh, was bringing a lot of, uh, let's say, secondary benefits, mm-hmm. uh, except for the money. So everyone was bringing money, but what else? And that was the process. That was the, our, like, how, how do we get the smartest money on the table? Obviously, the VCs can help in this and this and this way. We lowered, uh, um, uh, as I said, the, the amount that we could, uh, we, we, we could take. But then from the angels part, we couldn't fit everyone that we wanted. So we needed to, uh, to select. Uh, that's not an easy process. Yeah, uh, I, I was, I I was kind of intuitively thinking about it, that it, it is not an easy process. It is. Uh, and that, no. that, that is why I kind of double clicked on that. So, uh, yeah, thank you for answering that. I, so. I, I don't know exactly how to, how to bring more details to this because it's, it's an individual process with, with each of them. And it's difficult because we actually wanted more uh, on board, but we couldn't. Um, and you just cannot, even with the tickets, uh, there's only so much that you can do in order to fit everyone. You cannot just, um, I don't know, <laughs> uh, fit a- everyone in, uh, just because you think that at some point they will bring, uh, yeah. value. Yeah. Some of them are, will, are actually helping us without the investment. So that's extremely, that's nice. Uh, we, we are, yeah, we are grateful for that. Yeah, um, you said you said about um, Pi Labs um, as one of the investors, and you said that you went into their acceleration program, and you said around the PropTech um, hackathon. Um, and I'm I'm thinking around what like um, what made kind of the difference for you in 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 those experiences. Um, PropTech, the PropTech hackathon, I kind of understand. But looking at both of the experiences, what made the difference for you as a startup um, in terms of your growth? Uh, and when I say growth, I say connections, networking, whatever, insights. Like what was kind of the um, cool things that happened out of those experiences? Well, first of all, uh, when it comes to hackathons, to competitions, um it actually gives you the real uh, need. So when a big developer or a big broker comes with a challenge or in that competition, uh, it's something that it's obviously they need. So it's not you thinking about a cool idea and then trying to sell it. It's you and your team answering to their need. Mm-hmm. So the, the value of a hackathon is for me is, is, is obvious is if you're at, if you're just starting as, as a startup and you are uh, you don't know exactly if your idea is the right one and you want to test that you can either go 
and talk to a lot of uh, potential clients in engaging a lot of customer discovery interviews. And you can go to this kind of uh, hackathons where you will not only get the idea, the need, but they will work with you in those 48 hours in order to solve it. They will be there for you. So it's, it's extraordinary. Secondly, um, acceleration programs. Before Pipes, uh, um, I was not sure if we wanted or not to go to an acceleration program. I really thought that it may be a waste of time because they will um, teach you how to get your first funding round and that would be then a bit of market positioning and so on. Thing you could probably uh, uh, learn from your advisors or pay for that knowledge, but but it wasn't like that. So uh, PyLabs Acceleration Program is, uh, I'm sure it's one of the best in the world when it comes to PropTech, but for us, it was the, the a, a definite a turning point, uh, a, a tipping point into the right direction because um, we got to know a lot of very high level individuals from the European and, and global real estate. Mm -hmm. How I, I cannot imagine another scenario where we would meet 80 people, 80 real estate people in one week. Wow! Or in in two weeks. In two weeks. Sorry, in, in two weeks we had. Yeah, we had. It Still. was two weeks. We had two weeks of mentor, uh, mentor weeks, and we had uh, days with twelve or thirteen meetings. That's intense. Day. Yeah, it was very very intense. But some of them became our advisors, mentors, and some. Uh, um, one of them is actually ha has invested in uh, as an angel in this round. That's so a good conversion. Was, oh yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, and uh, so the level uh, of of interactions that you can have in an international acceleration program, I think it, it's extremely valuable, and you should make time for that in your very early stage. I I don't think we would have time right now to do it, but probably there are other scale up programs that we could uh, attend and, and get value out of it. But um, I would definitely recommend every startup to try to get into an acceleration program. It's not easy to get there. For us, it was very hard because only five companies out of 600 entries managed to get in, in 2020 cohort. Mm -hmm. We were the only ones from uh, Eastern Europe. We have some other colleagues uh, Bulgarian colleagues, but they're from London. So, uh, and it was difficult. And I know, I felt that PyLabs actually um, took uh, like two, uh, um, they, they weren't that sure that, <laughs> that we, will, we, will, we will deliver in the beginning. Mm -hmm. But they, they, they took that risk with us. And I, 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 I'm sure that right now they're, uh, also happy that uh, we we were one of their alumni, but I felt that it was a very rough competition. Mm -hmm. Very good startups probably didn't uh, uh, manage to get in. So yeah, we we were lucky <laughs> again. Uh, uh, 
Uh, yeah, con congratulations. I mean, you know, in, in looking uh, in retrospective, uh, congratulations. And I do believe that I think that was, uh, uh, in the same time, a really good landing pad for you in London, right? You said it was in London. Um, yeah, in London. For three I, weeks, then it, it went online because of COVID. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but, <laughs> you know, you, you said you said that Pylabs wasn't sure that they made a good decision. What made you think or feel? We were extremely early. We were extremely early. Oh. I mean, mm -hmm. um, they loved the team. They loved the idea, but it wasn't validated. We have zero clients. The product was, was still a prototype. Mm -hmm. And, you know, all the interactions with the real estate people happened after we got into the acceleration program. <laughs> so in the beginning, so, and I, I, I really thank them for this. They, they really gave us a chance to, to prove ourselves. Got it. Got uh, it. And, okay. and then, and then they, they invested in us right now. And uh, I, I will, I will meet with them in two days in London for their annual alumni party. So glad That's... to be there. That's a super nice story. So, and I was I was curious about you know again the decision 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 making you know process, and uh, it's really nice when you kind of um, you know uh, lean in in a decision making process also on intuition as well, not only uh, only on practical and pragmatical you know uh, data, feeding your decision making process. Um, but I want to circle back to kind of the rounds that you fundraised. Uh, I mean the money overall. And um, um, how do you plan to kind of use those funds? Are you planning to, uh, you know, uh, internationalize, expand? Like, what's uh, what's the plan for, you know, for Bright Spaces? Absolutely, yeah. Uh, we're going international, so uh, the money will be used for um, uh, setting up the right team that mm -hmm. can take bright spaces from this stage, the seed stage to a series A stage. And the like pragmatic objectives obviously include numbers. Uh, so a multiplier in sales, in revenue, um, but also uh, different markets. So we cannot have that multiplier only from Romania, for example, we need to have it from three markets. Uh, also, we need to prove upsell. So if a landlord tried right spaces for one of their buildings now we need to prove that they will buy bright spaces for other buildings in their portfolio that means that you know every every single kpi that a startup has in order to get to the next stage is actually very um logic logical and, and pragmatic you know everything ha has a reason yeah. and when investors tell you something that you need to be there or they need to see that or that it's probably because from their experience, um, they know that if you do that, uh, they will lower the risk with an investment in, in you. Yeah. And right now, in order to get to Series A, and that's where we, where we want to be uh, soon, um, we need to, to multiply the, the revenues to have the, the, the great uh, um, numbers organized, organized team in order to, to mm. do that and to aim for uh, international clients. Okay. And obviously at the product level, as I said, but this is by design for us. So it's not, uh, this will never stop, is continuously developing and improving the product. Got it, got it. 
but that's nice. I mean, I'm, I'm super happy that, you know, you said this because uh, that means that a lot of money will go into kind of, you know, departments like business development, sales, marketing and, and part like that. And I'm really a big fan around budgeting those departments specifically in Romania, because what I've seen in my kind of consulting um, uh, gigs and, you know, helping and mentoring startups is that most of them or most of the kind of budgets that I've seen done, uh, they focus predominantly on product development and investing in software development. Of course, it's a use case by, it's a kind of case by case situation, but in the same time, you have to have a budget for marketing and sales and start thinking around those departments. So that's, that's super nice that you have uh, all that figured out. And I kind of, kind of, I want, want to go with this kind of uh, uh, segue that I'm kind of uh, talking about right now into kind of making a connection. So your connection to my next question, right? So you're kind of hiring right now, a lot of people, right? You're getting the team <laughs> uh, in place. So my question to you is where do you see five, where do you see bright spaces in five years? <laughs> Like a classical okay, so HR question. This is exactly that. That's the classical uh, interview question that I was never on the other side. I was always uh, asking this question. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, to be uh, fully honest, in five years from now, that that would mean seven years from inception. Um, bright spaces should be. Uh, close to a strategic exit or an IPO okay. at a global at a global level, valued at more than one billion oh, nice. dollars. Or nice. yeah, I like your vision. And so you, the the only reason for for saying this, uh, getting to the to the exit part, is that a lot of founders are afraid to say that they want to exit mm-hmm. because they're afraid that their team will leave that they're not good leaders and so on. But the truth is uh, businesses are, are like, uh, you know, uh, need to evolve are like organisms and some things that made something successful from zero to one, uh, maybe is not the right thing to take it from one to two or from one to 10. And I, I know that uh, I want to take the company to that level, to mm-hmm. uh, to a global level, to a um, leader position. But I don't know, or I don't have the vision right now on what to do after that. And I'm uh, like uh, a starter, and and I I like to continuously evolve. And probably when I will feel that the company will uh, be um, I don't know, uh, I will be a break for, for the company. I will probably want to step down and, and give the, the um, uh, board or to another CEO that will be uh, more uh, appropriate at that moment for the company than me. So I don't think this is something that we should be afraid of saying. This is something that we all want to do. And I I, ha- I do I have a follow up question on my HR question, and it's a as well an HR question. 
but on on a serious on a serious note, uh, listening to you that you want to take this company global and you want to IPO slash exit, um, I am kind of curious to find out what motivates you to do that. Huh. Uh, I think that that that's uh, more connected to the personal uh, level than, than to the business side of, of me. Uh, it's what I would like to, uh, to do uh, after or if I, I uh, step out of bright spaces. And uh, it would definitely have something to do with sustainable living and uh, helping humanity or or parts of it to prosper and to um solve like parts of the biggest problems in the world from i don't know poverty to um food new foods to sustainable living to everything so i i will probably look at that kind of uh still from a commercial side i don't see myself getting into uh ngos but uh, from a commercial side uh, probably investing or um, helping other companies grow it but in this segment and it's a good thing that i'm now in in real estate because the real estate general mindset as you said is uh, going from a a profit oriented uh, mentality to an uh, ESG driven mentality. Yeah. And that's great. That's great. So it kind of helps me um, better uh, polish my, my, my vision for the future, for a potential future where Bright Spaces uh, will be ra- uh, ran by someone else. Nice. I really like uh, I really like your answer because it's kind of you know it's it's visionary and I can relate to that because I'm a visionary myself. So um, I, that's really nice. And um, I'm kind of right now going into my final question, and you kind of uh, prepared the the space for that really nicely. And because you you've mentioned around the fact that you know some of the founders are afraid to say that they are looking into an exit or, you know, uh, they don't consider themselves a good leader to do that uh, or, you know, think about that. So kind of my question is, as a final question, you know, what would you recommend as advice to any upcoming startup founder or foundress? Hmm. I think right now, very very uh short answer would be think big Mm -hmm. think think bigger than you ever thought about something and and just do it like it's the moment the right moment to build extremely impactful businesses even from romania do you think by thinking big will connect that founder to a greater vision and that will kind of motivate him along the way absolutely absolutely thinking big means from from my perspective uh putting profits only to uh second place 
mm-hmm. and and um, if you are in the commercial world, but having impact and greatness as an end goal is definitely better than uh, having profits or numbers, just numbers. So I would say try to find that that problem that you will be uh, great at solving, but don't stop at doing it locally or regionally. Mm-hmm. Just imagine that you have uh, an entire uh, canvas and that's the entire world right now, which is growing and can even more connecting itself uh, probably with other soon with other planets and so on so uh we shouldn't we shouldn't think uh, small right now if we are in this um space where our actions will obviously affect people either five people or five billion people <laughs> it's yeah kind of correct. up to us right now yeah i agree Bogdan, I think this is a great way to finish our conversation. And um, this was one of my best conversations so far. So thank you very much for all the insights. And um, I'm wishing you the best of luck to you personally. And of course, Bright Spaces. Let's see Bright Spaces in a very bright space, I guess. (laughs) Thank you for joining, Bogdan. Thank you, Stefan. Stay bright. I hope you enjoyed the conversation as much as I did. So remember to click the follow or subscribe button and get notified immediately when we publish a new episode. Have a great day.